Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the Podcast Daily. That's Bill Landis. I'm Austin Ward. Uh, trying to going to sort through some snap counts maybe today, Bill. Um, not many position battles, as we've talked about throughout all of August. But heading into September and the opener on Saturday night for Ohio State against Notre Dame, certainly some positions where the rotation could be hard to predict. Uh, I don't know where we should begin, but this was your idea. <laughs> so the onus is on you. What wh- where, What was the first thing that came to your mind about uh, trying to sort through spots where the rotation is a little unclear? Safety, because when we talk with Jim Knowles on Tuesday, um, you know, we, we all expect Ronnie Hickman and Josh Proctor are going to play a lot, if not all of the snaps available to them at their position, respective positions. But then Jim Knowles was asked specifically, like, who's a guy who you weren't thinking much about in the spring, who's like suddenly is part of the plan. And he said Lathan Ransom, which, again, is not surprising to hear because we've been talking about him all summer. (laughs) But then also, too, like Jim Knowles, I thought last week or the last time we talked to him before Tuesday, not so subtly hinted at the idea that Court Williams was going to get a lot of play against Notre Dame because of the matchup with Michael Mayer. And while I know this is a safety driven defense, uh, I believe. I believe they're only going to have three out there, and it seems like they have at least four at the moment that Jim Knowles feels pretty good about putting into the game, and I'm having a hard time – actually, five, I guess. I forgot about Tanner McAllister and probably should have mentioned Cameron Martinez in there too. Yeah, I'm having a hard time at the moment figuring out which three are going to play the most or like what kind of stuff we're going to see from that position on Saturday against Notre Dame. Has safety-driven defense been trademarked yet? Um, it needs to be because it was said about 17 times during Jim Knowles' press conference and not once by him. <laughs> no. There's yeah, there's two things going on. We need to print up the T-shirts. If the defense actually plays up to its standards, everyone's going to want a safety-driven defense T-shirt. And secondly, the next time that Jim Knowles is available, I think you need to prepare yourself for a drinking game. That every time he's asked <laughs> about a safety-driven defense, you have to take a shot. You might die. Maybe you shouldn't you, do that. Maybe yeah. just go with beer or White Claw uh, or maybe wine, but don't do not do hard liquor. You'll definitely die. Yeah, you'll get nice and sauced up by uh, 1245 <laughs> on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon, which we all we all love. I think you know. I think we're all in favor of that. Well, I guess if he comes out uh, post-game on Saturday night and the safety-driven defense has a banner performance, then we could – you could spice up the celebration maybe for Ohio State fans if that's the case and have a drinking game uh, around midnight. We we will not be. We will be yeah, okay. uh, grind, grinding away doing <laughs> videos and, and stories. But, yeah, Ohio State fans, by all means, have yourself a nice safe, safety-driven Saturday night. Okay, you wanted to have a serious conversation about those safeties and, and the number of snaps. Um, I think the Court Williams factor is intriguing because teams that want to – run the ball the way Marcus Freeman is saying he wants to on Saturday night. I think that lends itself to one of those bigger personnel groupings that you've talked about and written about before with Court Williams, that he's playing the hybrid position and and functioning as something of a third linebacker in the box. Um, That also carries over to trying to defend a tight end in the passing game. Lathan Ransom can do those things as well. He doesn't Mm -hmm. always get enough, maybe enough credit for that. He just looks like a, a, a leaner dude and is a leaner dude compared to court, but he's not afraid to handle any of that responsibility as well. And the way that Ohio state 
coaches, players, everyone who watches practice, the way they talk about Lathan Ransom in this camp, I just I don't remember many players getting this amount of hype. Certainly, you know, somebody who we thought going into camp like, didn't even know how much he was going to be able to play. Didn't expect maybe in January that he would play the season at all. And then there's the Tanner McAllister factor in that. Could he supplant him in the lineup? He's the most interesting snap count guy going into Saturday night in my mind. I think so too. Um, I think for a long time, if if we thought that Tanner McAllister's job at some point, and I feel I almost feel bad, like I feel like we're writing him off already. <laughs> he hasn't even played yet <laughs> for Ohio State. I think he's he's a good player who's going to play play a lot for Ohio State and be important for them. But I think we're also expecting a couple of guys to play that that nickel spot in particular. But we all thought it'd be Cameron Martinez, right? If we had to pick a guy who was eventually going to maybe kind of take the lead at that position. Well, yeah. now I think you have to include Lathan in that spot. I know when we talked to him uh last week i think it was maybe the week before he had talked a lot about he's finally playing the deep safety which he thinks is his more natural position the position he came here to play so i don't maybe they're not thinking of him the same way that we're thinking of him even though he has played in in the slot quite a bit basically almost exclusively since he's been here Uh, but but i look at him as a guy who can factor in at nickel and he can play all three spots which which helps him but when i when i i guess when i take in all the information that we've taken in on the safeties i come away thinking that Ronnie Hickman, Josh Proctor, Lathan Ransom, and Court Williams are all going to play a lot, and it doesn't <laughs> seem possible. So I, I'm having a hard I'm having a hard time figuring out exactly what that's going to look like, and I and I I wonder a little bit if this week particular in particular against Notre Dame, like I think maybe they'll want to start with Court out there because he's a bigger guy, and I think Notre Dame will want to test Ohio State's physicality by running the ball, but Court's coverage ability. Um, I don't. I I question it a little bit, or or at least like maybe I need to see more of it before I start to feel really good about it. Uh, whereas I don't question Lathan's. I think I think what we've seen from him in a small body of work has been pretty good, and he brings that physical edge, albeit in a, in a smaller kind of frame, as as you said. So I I kind of like him more, but I I would understand if they wanted to go with a guy who's more like a linebacker, especially against this kind of team. I think that's one of the most fascinating parts of this we don't we've never seen how Jim Knowles really would handle this for Ohio State with this caliber of personnel at his disposal you know if you're gonna go if you think that you have to add one more guy into the equation from the secondary like well is it is it gonna be based around the around the fact that you think Notre Dame's gonna try and run the football in which case you'd assume he would side with Court Williams if you're more concerned about the passing game over the middle and and Michael Mayer well, I would think then Lathan Ransom there, but we don't we don't know how could he change it up every snap. Maybe I, it seems pretty unlikely yeah. given what he's he's talked about at other positions, but we simply don't know because he's not coached the game at Ohio State before. Yeah, it, it, the, the one thing that they have said when when he and Ryan Day both when asked about like how much how many guys are going to play on defense and. I think the down-to-down rotation just sort of randomly is is going to be far less prevalent on the back end of the defense than it, than it was last year. Right. But they always kind of went out of their way to mention, well, we have the, we have the ability to play these sub-packages or, or maybe play some more guys situationally. So so maybe maybe you're on to something there with the idea of like courts on the field first and second down, and then Lathan comes in as as like the more of the, of the passing down guy, but he still gives you that security. He's a pretty good run defender. I don't know. They ha- they have options. I think it's good to have options, but it's it's hard to figure out what that's going to look like because 
as you said, Jim Knowles has never coached here before. We don't know actually how much he's going to rotate or is willing to rotate now that he's in a situation where he has much more depth at his disposal than he's had previously. We have seen Tony Alford and Ryan Day and running back rotations in the past. There's going to be one because Mayan Williams is also going to play alongside starter Travion Henderson. So how many carries do you think Mayan Williams will have? And will it be even with the workload with Travion Henderson? I don't think it'll be even. Um, I I think it maybe will be closer than most would guess. Like, not 50-50, 60-40 is probably even pushing it. Maybe like 65-35. But even that, like, if, if you were to say, like, Tremont Henderson is a, is a budding superstar, I think. And if you were to tell somebody this guy's only going to get 65% of the work, I think they might look at your cross side a little bit. So, <laughs> um, I, but I do think they think that highly of of mine and also want to try to keep Trevion fresh for the, for the entire season. So he doesn't kind of lose steam the way he seemed to last year. So um, I, I have a feeling that they're going to try to run it a lot against Notre Dame to try to prove a point, um, which leads me to believe that we're going to see a lot of Mayan Williams, even if it is Trevion Henderson who ultimately starts that game. I think you're probably right. I'm not sure that that's the, the smartest way to go approach an opener because you're not going to be a perfect version of yourself in week one, most cases. And Ohio State's most successful aspect of its offense is always going to be the passing game. Like You have to do whatever you take, it takes to win. And if they, they want to just go beat their heads out uh, trying to run the football over and over, I think they're going to be more successful at it than they were a year ago. I'm not trying to suggest they won't be. But if you wanted to go, well, let's go 20 times with Travion Henderson and 20 times with Mayan Williams, that's that's a lot of touches that aren't going to Jackson Smith and Jigba or Marvin Harrison or Julian Fleming or Emeka Ibuka or even, even Cade Stover to maybe a lesser extent. I do think that you're right because they spent the offseason talking about toughness and that they have to get third and two and convert on those short-yarded situations. But if they try to go with some sort of balanced attack and also know that you want to have 20 plus touches in the hands of one of your most explosive players, which is Travion Henderson. There's no doubt about that. I think they might get themselves in a little bit of trouble there. And I think that something like two thirds of the workload for Travion Henderson and a third for Mayan Williams is probably, uh, if I had to draw it up and give my pick for Ohio state, that's what I think they should do. But yeah, I do also agree that you're probably, onto something with what they're going to attempt to do on Saturday. You definitely can overthink things. I think when you're in this situation, it's, I guess it's the curse of having too many good players. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um, what, cause we've talked about this before. What is your level of concern that the running back rotation looks like it did in 18 when it was like every other drive and that didn't really seem to work for anybody. I, I think it's a six or seven for me. I mean, I, I think that I think that Tony Alford will want because Mayan Williams has had a great offseason. His body looks good. He he was patient and went through I think there were a number of people in December that thought he was going to exit and probably mm -hmm. justifiably so. There were there was a program within the state that thought that was where he was going to be by January <laughs> as well. So uh there that wasn't, you know, some idle outside speculation. There was real concern about that. He chose to stay and he's been a good soldier for them. And Ohio State tends to reward people who are game ready. And Mayan Williams could play almost anywhere. He could play games for almost any program in the country. Uh, 
I just I I don't think that that is Ohio State's best use of its offense when it tries to keep people happy, puts people on the field. Any anybody who's earned it, I know there's there's good reason to do that to to keep your roster intact and and contributing and everybody happy and pushing in the same direction. But I don't think that, and this is not a slight on Mayan Williams. I just think that Travion Henderson is a better overall back for Ohio state. And that includes what he can do as a threat at times out of the backfield as in the passing game. So I just, maybe they won't, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe it'll work out perfectly. Maybe they'll go 50, 50 and you'll have games like, uh, when it did work with Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins against Michigan State, and both exploded, that can happen. I'm not you know, not going to say that every time they've balanced the rotation that it's failed. That's not true. I just I don't. There's never been a running back that I've talked to that has been like, you know what? I really like sharing. It keeps me fresh. <laughs> you know, they want to yeah. get in the rhythm of the game, and I don't think that Travion's going to be any exception to that. Um, but you know. There are so many pieces on this offense that have to be involved. If you spend a lot of time managing the reps and then you you, you alternate a drive, you're like, okay, well, I better get my in a rush here on first and 10. Just got to make sure that we're balanced out here and everybody deserves a chance to touch football. That's where you get into problems. And it becomes predictable when Ohio State gets into that, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't know. And that was like a big Urban Meyer thing. Like, I know he always had a sheet and it was like, how many touches does Paris Campbell have? Okay, it's time to get him the ball. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if Ryan Day operates that way. or He's never said so, but I, I think he's more of a flow of the game. I'm just going to call the plays and the ball's going to go where it needs to go kind of guy. Um, and running back in particular, like, it can work. Like you said, it can work. It comes down to the demeanor, I think, of the running backs and whether or not they're willing to to live in that kind of world. I, I think most aren't. And the, the two guys that we're talking about back in 18 who are both really good running backs uh, weren't <laughs> really capable of, of living in that world either. <laughs> Everyone who was on the staff then is still here. So like they know how that went. I, I would hope that um, they were, they'd be able to sense that if, if this was going in that direction and then just kind of give one of the guys the majority of the work. Um, so I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about it. I, I'm more curious yeah. about what it looks like. Um, but I, I, I still don't think it's going to be close to Eve. I just think like mine's great. Like I, like I totally agree that Maya could play anywhere. Trevion's different. He's just he's just different. And yeah. there's there's a there's an explosiveness, there's an elusiveness, there's a uh, the kind of player that I think truly strikes fear into opposing defenses with with him and I, I just don't know if that exists with Mayan Williams even if he's a very capable player. And I, I just think you have to give that guy more of the touches. So I know Ryan Day said that Trevion's going to start, but Mayan's going to be right there ready to go in in early. Um uh, we'll we'll see. I, I I don't. I think it's still going to be a lot of trivia. I think the fact that Ryan Day phrased it that way and didn't say, "Oh, well, they're both starters and they're mm-hmm. both going to play." I thought that was significant, and it maybe dropped the concern level that I have down a notch or two because yeah, at least you're being honest about who you think your best threat is, and that didn't even really happen during this. I, I feel like Berm when it comes to you know, the Michigan game where he's, he's just so snake bit from what happened in the nineties that he's, he's never going to get over it. And I, <laughs> the, the 2018 season just can't get out of my brain with what, what happened there with, cause you know, like, 
I thought that Mike Weber was better at that time than J.K. Dobbins. And then I would have conversations with people in that building like, no, we, we like the ceiling higher for J.K. I'm like, but it's not working. Like, <laughs> I, anyway, uh, is there another position that you are uh, incredibly curious about for Saturday night? Uh, not not to the level of safety and running back, but I think on a, on a on a little bit of a of a lower level cornerback, um, and I don't know you you tell me because I know you were you were having some conversations last week about where Cameron Brown is. Yeah, if he's good to go, and that pitch count has been off for at least a couple weeks now, and we know that Denzel Burke is good to go, maybe there's less rotation at that spot than we were perhaps anticipating coming into the season. I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> I still think there will be uh, an element of that, and I don't. I don't mind it as much at cornerback for Ohio State because we've seen if you have a third guy that the level of play doesn't drop significantly, it it does work to stay fresh and keep those guys out for a drive or two. I don't think that anyone loves seeing NFL cornerbacks go to the sideline, but uh, sometimes they're putting in another one who's about to be one down the <laughs> yeah. road. And I right. think that if Jordan Hancock's calf is is fully healed. He's going to be in the mix. And I'm not sure it even has to just be him. If he is injured, JK Johnson could very well get those reps based on the camp that he turned in and the physical changes that he's made to his body. I believe he told me it was like 15 or 20 pounds that he's put on uh, of muscle. It, it looks, looks pretty good on him. Uh, I don't, I just don't think that unless it's absolutely necessary that Ohio State is going to go overboard with Cameron Brown's reps. I think it'll be in the back of their mind that they have to protect him. Uh, high leverage situation. I don't. I think that those two will be out there. Um, I, I think if you're, if you have a ten point lead or a fourteen point lead, if you're Ohio State, then you start to think, well, we can maybe take some some chances here or or see somebody else or get them experience. And I think they would would do that and not blink an eye. In the second half of the game, I'm not. If it came down to that, a one possession game, I think that Cameron Brown and Denzel Burke represent the best option still for Ohio State. No, knowing what I know about Cameron Brown, and I know you know him far better than <laughs> I do, that does not seem like something he'd be particularly happy about. If they no, start he won't. Him out in the second quarter. <laughs> yeah, he won't be. He won't be. I'll speak for uh, him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any, I, I, I hesitate to even invoke his name without Burn being on the podcast with us. Uh, <laughs> Do you think we see any Cameron Martinez playing cornerback on Saturday? I don't think he'll play corner. I I think the way that camp played out and the way that they got healthy towards the end um, with J.K. Johnson getting more reps and Jair Brown getting the black stripe off quickly, I'm not sure that the need is as pressing as it was when we were talking on the daily two weeks ago. Maybe maybe that's not the right read on the situation. The, the overall depth is still thin. We're only talking about a unit of five or six guys that can reasonably contribute right now. That's not not a huge amount. So I I think Cameron Martinez should play some in the nickel. Uh, I think they should let him focus on that. I think that's where his highest ceiling is. But I don't know. Do you, are you? It sounds like you might be expecting that. Uh, no. I, I I mean, if it's a blowout, then maybe just maybe just kind of see what that looks like in a game situation. Like if Ohio State is in the fourth quarter and up by you know, four touchdowns, then, then maybe. Um, but otherwise that, that, that seems more like a break glass in case of emergency kind of deal than it is. Oh, we think Cameron <laughs> Martinez might be a, a cornerback now. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really on alert for that. He should 
get reps at punt return, which is another spot where yeah, I, I don't know if it'll be a true rotation or uh, if you need a fair catch, you know that Jackson's going to be out there. You get a green light, you just you make a sub, put Cameron Martinez out there because <laughs> he had Bill. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Uh, when he was in high school, he scored a lot of touchdowns. There, hmm. there's video evidence of it out there on the internet. Uh, if you haven't seen it before, you should seek it out. It's about nine minutes of touchdowns. That uh, oh wow, I have I have nine minutes after this. So I'm going to go check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good video. Good watch. Um, <laughs> I think Berm probably produced it. I'm not sure, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, Parker Fleming really didn't tip his hand one way or the other on that. Um, I think that's if you ha- know you have to secure it, and you're not going to. Say, hey, this is not a return situation. This is a field of football situation. Yeah, they're probably going to put Jackson back out there. But I think to ask him to actually return punts with gunners barreling down on him, that seems like an unnecessary risk for Ohio State's offense. I I, I implore uh, Parker Fleming and Ryan Day and whoever else is making those decisions to not do that. <laughs> that seems like a bad idea with all the guys they have that can do something with the ball in their hands. Okay, Parker really enjoyed this last week. So if you've got to this point in the podcast daily, thank you for watching and supporting us again. Parker did notice there were four or five people. We we sent you to ask for a clarification on the punt return battle uh, competition or decision. And Parker Fleming took notice of, of the suggestions. Didn't didn't mean that he told us what it was going to happen, but I think maybe be, may, be more forceful with it. Go at go to Parker at Parker Fleming underscore and say we want Cam. Cam should return punts. Don't leave him any wiggle room. Say save Jackson for the offense. Maybe that's what it should be. Save Jackson, and then if see we, what uh, else he says. If if this happens and then Cam does return punts against Notre Dame, I will want to test the limits of of, <laughs> of our uh, power of of our power. Um, and maybe against Arkansas State, we do a little lobbying for Donovan Jackson to get a ball Ooh. from his way in the red zone. But we'll see. Ooh. We'll table that for now. We'll see if the people can first get Cameron Martinez back there returning punts. Well, Kevin Wilson's Twitter account has more followers. He's more established. <laughs> he used to be a head coach. I don't know if he'll read all the mentions there. Uh, maybe Justin Fry. I don't know. They'll have to collaborate a little on that. Parker Fleming, still that account still isn't quite large enough. He doesn't get a ton of notifications. I think we have a chance to influence and reach out and maybe help him grow the brand. I, maybe he'll be on the podcast daily next week to talk about his special teams decisions. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> probably but we've got to. But, we, <laughs> but we've got to ask. So, people, this week's mission: go out there again, hit up Parker Fleming. Either you can you can choose, and I'm, I'll pay attention to what you're doing. I, I like to monitor it. Last week, you can either ask him to save Jackson. And look for another option, or you can be a stronger advocate and say we want Cam. That's up to release, you. Release Cam. <laughs> there we go. Release Cam. Let Save him Jackson. Whistle Notre Dame. <laughs> Either way, right? Um, <laughs> I know Parker Fleming will enjoy it, and I'm looking forward to seeing him on Wednesday night uh, after this <laughs> episode of the, of the podcast daily hits your feed. Uh, thank you all for watching. Uh, we've got a few more episodes coming before Ohio State and Notre Dame on Saturday night. Uh, can't wait to get there. Can't wait to get back in there for another uh, media availability on Wednesday evening with Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. Uh, for those guys, I'm Austin Ward. This has been the Podcast Daily. We'll see you Thursday.